Well, so the best part of that night was when I went outside and there was just this old, old man. The oldest man. And he just, like, looks at me and I'm taking a hit of, like, my ch- this big, chunky vape. And then he hands me, Blake, I shit you not, the thinnest vape pen I have ever seen in my life. And he's just like, how is it? Try it. What flavor is it? Ah. Reefer. It's it's God flavor. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? He goes, Reefer. And I'm like, sir, no one's used the word Reefer in 50 years. He's like, it's got Reefer in it. Try it. And I try to take it. I swear to God, I don't know if it was dead or not. And this man just had a vape pen that doesn't work. And he was telling people there was Reefer in it. And then another dude walks up. He goes, nah, man, that's LSD. And I'm like, what the fuck is up with this old man? And then he was just like, who are you here with? And I'm like, well, I'm here with my girlfriend. He's like, oh, that was a mistake. What the fuck? What? He's just like, yeah. It's it's funny. If you were to ask me, the mistakes were being made much earlier than that question being asked. <laughs> it's probably the time I took a hit of his LSD reefer vape. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time, it's time for a load. I'm telling you about a load. A load of BS! That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time, and I'm talking about he, the B, to the L-A-K-E. That's right, it's the sleepy boy, Blake Tanner! Hey everybody, Blake Tanner here, Sleepy Boy Extraordinaire, and with me on this podcast train of Sleepy Boy is a man who counts down podcasts 5432132. No, no, no. Salty Frank and Chat counted down to the countdown. So Salty Frank brought down the 54321 and then that, the next countdown was my own personal countdown. 5432132. That's my phone number, dude. Don't give that shit out. What the fuck, man? Text Scotty. Make sure... Please, don't don't text that number. Don't. They call it, and it's actually like a fucking phone tree we've set up, and that's just like, Hey, man, how are you doing? Press 1 for good. Press 2 for no. 1. Or it could... It could start a phone scam. Like, as soon as someone calls or texts that number, it just starts calling them back and asking for money. Yeah, dude. That's what it is. That's how... Have you gotten... I think... I think phone scammers are getting clever because I think they are using phone number changing technology to use local numbers. They are. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, I got a voicemail from someone because, and this was a number that um, I'd gotten a fake phone call from before, but then I got a phone call from that same number again. Right. And this person was berating me, telling me not to call them anymore because they didn't want any. They don't want none. See, I, with me, apparently I called a, I fake called a business. The dude calls me back. Hey! And I was waiting on, I locked myself out of my house, so I was waiting on my papa to come open the door. So I thought it was him, I didn't, because like the voice was a little bit gravelly, and I was like, Hey, how are you? Good, just calling you back. Okay, that, what? Who are you? Ah, this is Tanner. This is Dale Demidon. Homer of the Dems, Dale Demidon. Called you back to certify your reservation. Dale Demidon? Owner of the Dems, Dale Demidon? Not right. Um, oh. Yeah, so that was a fun problem. Because my phone was also at 1%, and I left my charger inside. I was like, I can't handle this right now, man. Please don't. Ugh. And... Once again, I'm, I apologize for being a sleepy boy. You see, um, last week, uh, classes at UAB started, and so I had to go back. Uh, actually, last Monday was particularly hard. You know, I woke up at uh, 6 o'clock like I do, and be able to get ready, have breakfast and stuff, so I could get to my early class. Right. On Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, I left the house, you know, um, at 7.45 so I could get there for my 8.30 class. Mm-hmm. And so I get there, and I park, and it's the most amazing thing. Like, they've gotten a new building um, down there. 
So parking was just so easy in the place that I needed to park to get to my class, which was amazing. As a matter of fact, I was surprised at how few people were there. Um, so I waited for a few minutes. I popped out, and um, the doors to the building I was going to were locked. I was like, that's weird. Doors aren't usually that locked around now. And I'm like, it's like 10 minutes until class starts. So I go around. Go up to the classroom that I'm, um, that my class is gonna be in. Ten minutes, five minutes, two minutes before it's supposed to start. No one's fucking there. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I, I've obviously messed up. This isn't the classroom that I'm gonna be in. Let me just pull up Blazernet. It's, this is August 20th. This is the day hey, the classes are supposed to start. Oh. No, it says it's in this room. Yeah, 8-27-2018. I'd gone back to class a week early. <laughs> Good work, buddy. You nailed it. Yep, so I sat there for longer than I should have, just pondering all the mistakes that have led my life up to that point. Mm-hmm. I got up, went downstairs, got in my car, I went back home, and I called in sick to work. Yeah, there you go, buddy. That good feel. Because, honestly, I was so sick of my shit at that point, yeah. it was true. Sick of your own shit. You're like, I'm done with me today, so I'm just going to go to fall asleep right now. Yep, it's like, hmm, Blake, you fucked me. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> you <laughs> fucked me. If any fallout happens from this, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I have been... I'm back on my uh, fast food swagger that I've not been on for months now, because... The other day at work, I one of my friends at work was like, "Hey, you make logos, don't don't you?" Yeah, and within like a few minutes, I closed a deal to make a logo for somebody for quite a bit of cash. And then at the same time, uh, one of our patrons upped their pledge, and that was when I was like, "I make a million dollars a year now. I am gonna let's do this i'm a seven figure salary yep. man i better start living and then i went to burger king and got something off the dollar menu oh man did you get those like sweet chicken nugs i'm a big fan of those burger king nugs man really because uh uh-uh, chicken fries are where it's at for me dude the chicken fries are good but it's like for less than four dollars i can get 20 nugs that's even better than McDonald's. McDonald's. No, what I'll do is I'll get two bacon cheeseburgers, barbecue sauce, chicken fries, open up the burger, and this just getting, makes me sound like a horrible animal who was just like, there's not enough meat in this burger. Because oh, it's just, all right. You already are. I just stack up uh, I just stack up the chicken fries and then put barbecue sauce over everything and then numb it down. Man, I like to go back to BK sometime soon. There was a point in my life where every day after I'd finish with rehearsal, yeah. I'd just get that hankering for BK. Because at the time, they had actual chicken strips. And they were good fucking chicken strips. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you once you become a seven-figure salary man like me, once in future millionaire Scotty Moore, you can get BK yeah. every day. Uh, BT Dubs, uh, when am I going to start seeing some of that up pledge? Mm. I mean, I, no, dude. <laughs> no, there's just a lot of overhead when it comes to the show, so I gotta cover that. And I'm just saying, Bubba needs BK, too. The Bubba needs BK. <laughs> oh, I want a shirt that says Bubba needs BK, and then we have to wear it to the burger. Oh, shit, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the show, but a couple of year, or a couple months ago, Burger King was doing a thing where if you tweeted the hashtag BK spicy fries or something like that because they were promoting the spicy chicken fries yeah and so um and so what i did was apparently if you did it you would get like something back from the king where he's like hope you have a spicy day or something like that but every once in a while he would send you send a link of this gif to uh, the official bk account and you'll get a nice surprise turns out they were giving out five dollar gift cards Noise. So, my next hour <laughs> was nothing but me yelling at the BK account with that hashtag until I finally got that one specific GIF for the spicy nugs. So, did you get some spicy nugs? 
Well, like Icarus flying too close to the sun and his wings burning, I swear to God, the very next day our Burger King got on fire. Jesus Christ, what did you do? The nugs were too spicy. It burnt down the whole establishment. And you know as that place was burning and, like, the manager of the store, like who is basically like the captain of the ship, they have to go down with it. They were cursing your name for making them get the spice. They were like, no, I'll get you more. Is this the same reason that the Outback closed down and we had to go to the Lone Star that one time we were in your hometown? No, that's just because my hometown is depressing. And they were like, how can we make it more depressing? Do you have an Outback? No, we have a Lone Star. There you go. That's depression in a sentence. Oh, no, wait, we do have an outbow, oh, and it's gone. Yep, there, that, that's gone. Um, oh, wait, what the fuck? Did Salty Frank send us money to buy a 10-piece for Burger King? What the I fuck? didn't get any money. I didn't, I don't remember getting any money. Um, I might have, this might have been one of Scotty's, I need to finish all of these bottles of liquor nights, so that might have been what happened. I used it to buy a tenth of a bottle of liquor because that's how much that money would get me exactly oh man blanky t so but i do i I saw you snacking on something before the show so i think we need to bring back a beloved character who he's kind of been on fight boys more than he's been on j or more than he's been on bs but i think he needs to make a little cameo here Hey, everybody, Canada Charlie here, uh, Canada, and uh, all the other things. You know, I I quit the whiskey game. It was just a little too much, so I started going back into professional wrestling, uh, kind of to get back to my roots. My dad, of course, uh, famed professional wrestler Captain Tibbs. He's been on here, too, a little bit. But you know what? Today, I'm going to, I'm here to kind of, I'm here to boost us a little something, something that I think is just... Just the bee's knees, the best you ever, the nicest, most flavorful chip flavor you ever get. And you only get these bad boys in Canada. It's really weird. Here, I don't understand why they don't have them in America. It's the most American flavor you could think of, but really it's just something that's special to Canada. And I'm going to tell you what that is right now. Ketchup-flavored potato chips. Oh, 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 no, oh, no. Uh, potato chips ketchup that's all you need to know and you know what they're tangy they're flavorful they are just so rich and they are velvety smooth in your mouth and you know what they got a little bit of red dye in them but it's the good red dye it's not the red dye that gives you cancer don't you know i love the fact that canada charlie on jwf is like this psychopath who beats the shit out of people to try to get what he wants meanwhile on our show he becomes like our boring npr food review show section where he's just like let me tell you about these chips boy well you know that's my secret scotty i'm always canadian <laughs> Now, uh, uh, Canada Charlie, friend of the show, Salty Frank in, ch- in the chat, he does make an excellent point, which is, aren't those just French fries in chip form? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically deal with it. Really? I mean, uh, this is going to be the easiest way you've ever eaten a French fry, boyo. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Um Look, this is this is a secret passed down only uh, by the great gods in Canada to all of us lesser folk here who live in uh, who live pretty close to the border, who live out way out in the brush or whatever. And let me tell you something: these are awesome. Do you like? It's like if you got those salt and vinegar chips or whatever. You got that vinegar taste, but you got the, the tomatoy richness. It's just so savory, and it doesn't really bite you as hard as those salt and vinegar chips. But it's so flavorful, and they're red. Meanwhile, the fucking American equivalent of Canada Charlie's over here just like, What's up, pussies? Today we're going to be reviewing Smirnoff Ice Grape. Tastes like grape juice, and it gets you fucked up. Get wild! It's me, America Joe! Yeah, you know, that just sounds like one of those Russian-appropriated drinks. All you Americans. You know what, if I brought ketchup-flavored chips 
I brought ketchup-flavored chips down here, like, uh... Like, they brought that Smirnoff stuff. Yeah, they, they find a way to make it ketchup and mustard chips, which is just horrible. That is American ways. They probably double-fry the chips. Now, uh, Salty Frank asks another question to the Canadian man. Are you going to make poutine with them? No. You're That's like, horrible. Not- That's a bad idea. You don't, you don't put ketchup on fries that you're going to make poutine with. Who told you that? You're just like, no, I, I prefer the idea that there's like a race war in Canada over Canadians who enjoy poutine and Canadians who don't. And they're just like... Oh. No, there is no war. The war was won long ago. Yeah. And all dissenters were killed. Blake but t- that's why we're so cheery. Blake Tanner, where were you when you first learned what poutine is? Um, I was... <laughs> no shit. Drinking at my friend Michael's. Wow, so wait, this must have been recent then. Nope, we've been doing that for almost ten years now. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, with me, I, I remember it vividly because um, it's, it's like 9-11. Do you remember where you were when the Kurds fell? Where were you when they told you about poutine? <laughs> and it was for my French class. That you had to study, like, either something French or Canadian. So I studied the food of Canada, and then I looked up, like, they take fries. They put gravy and curd on it, and I'm like, uh, okay. Oh, God. It's, I don't know if it was the fact that the state that I was in when I first learned about it, or if it's just that damn good, but I've wanted to eat poutine for so long. My friend Michael, he went to Canada not too long ago. That's where he got the chips. He brought them over. He may or may not have smuggled them across the border. Um, I'll leave that to the judge to decide. <laughs> um, but these chips are fucking boss, man. Really? I, I'm baffled why uh, we don't have them. Now, I have a special connection with ketchup, as you well know, but they're amazing. I forgot about your ketchup love for a minute. Um, but, yeah. Dude, why didn't you get any when we went to fucking Disney World? Like, Epcot has the biggest poutine boner I've ever seen in my life. Um, you can get poutine basically anywhere in Epcot. Um, Disney Springs has a place called The Daily Poutine, where they just make a shit ton of variants on poutine. Um, maybe because my tour guide didn't fucking tell me about this. I didn't know you wanted, I didn't know you wanted poutine! Everybody wants poutine. What are you talking about? Everybody wants poutine is my favorite 80s hair metal song. <laughs> Everybody da, 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 wants poutine. Yeah. Da, da, da. We made a song with a name in it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Jesus. All that makes me think of is the fact that I finally got to see my favorite rock band of all time, Fozzie. And oh, how was that? It was good. I mean, I was already pretty far gone by the time they took the stage, but I recall having a very good time. And now my neck and legs hurt because I jumped around and head banged a lot. Um, nice. But I've realized that now, since we're kind of on the other side of the entertainment spectrum, we are no longer the viewers; we are the doers. Yeah. I, 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 well, hold on. I do four shows a fucking week. I don't know. I got... Uh, yeah, I mean, you're using you're using the royal we, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm using the venom we. <laughs> we are Putin. Um, so, uh, I remember one time in the concert looking up at multiple-time world heavyweight champion Chris Jericho getting the stage. And then I just realized, like, that's just a dude like me. Just working, living the dream, man. Look at how happy he is. I'm so excited for him. I got excited for him. Not for me getting to see him. I got excited for him. Like, I'm just good on you, man. You're getting to do what you want to do. 
Honestly, if I went to a Fozzie show, I'd probably be more excited for him having fun than I would at the show itself. Because, uh-huh. like, their music's alright, it's just not shit that I'd listen to. Like, at, at one point, he did bring out the light-up Chris Jericho jacket, and I think I shit my pants. I was like, <laughs> yes! He's glowing! Like, I think if Fozzie were around at the same time, like, the music that they're trying to emulate was also at its most popular, then they would be remembered a lot more fondly than they are now. I think they're like a hard rock variant on it. So I don't know... They're hard to classify. They are like a... The immediate point between, like, glam metal and us, like, heavy metal. Chris! (laughs) Oh, fucking hell, so... Poutine. Oh, well, it all gloops back. He's from Canada, so. Yep, all gloops back. Well, you know what? I'm gotta, I gotta catch a flight. I got some JWF to do to, uh, tomorrow, and, uh, I really just gotta go murder my father, so I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Wait a minute, Charlie, the show's in Birmingham. It's an hour away. Why are you getting on a plane? Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, now he's gone. He oh. just... He ran out into the woods. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, yeah, he did sprout wings like a mighty condor. Yeah. Uh, there he goes. He's got a maple leaf on his back. It's actually really amazing. Salty Frank has let us know when he first learned about poutine. He goes, I was five and I made a poo joke about Ovaltine, and then my mom told me poutine was a fo- food. So, how about this? Comment down below. When's the first time you learned about poutine? Let us know, fam! I'm jealous that my friend Michael is now eating at a Bob Evans, and I still haven't gotten the pleasure of eating at basically Canadian Waffle House. Wait, hold on. Bob Evans is American. Not Bob Evans, um... Um, you Wow, talk- I, fucked, I fucked that one up. The donut place. Yep, no, I really whiffed that one. Yeah, dude, I What's was the- like, I've eaten at a Bob Evans, what are you talking about? I actually just want a Bob Evans now. The first oh, time yeah. I the first time I ever embarrassed my mother was at a Bob Evans. And I wasn't even out yet. Also Tim oh, Tim oh. Tim Hortons. That's that that's the words. That's the words. So yeah. It's got it's got name in it. It's got name in it. Well, while Blake Tanner takes a 30-second power nap, I'm here to tell you guys about Patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Patreon.com slash a load of BS is the website where you can go and support a load of BS. You can support Fight Boys, Fun Fiction, Opposite Attractions, all of your favorite shows, and we wouldn't be able to make them if it wasn't for support of viewers just like you. And if you do it, you get access to our exclusive Discord. You get shouted out on a... I... I think we may change it um, from just on BS to whatever show you want. Because, like, Ghazi is a fight boy. So I don't think Ghazi listens to BS for us to announce. Meanwhile, like, Deborah Moore, Miss Jenny Side, they're BS boys and girls. They're BS moon marines, so they should be announced here. Um, but, yeah, you would get shouted out on whatever show you wanted to get shouted out on. Just leave that in, like, the description. And, uh, like I said, I Give me to- money so I can go to Tim Hortons. Give Blake money so he can go to Tim Hortons and also get a 10-piece... And piece- Bob Evans on the way. <laughs> and a 10-piece of chicken from BK. Um, <laughs> over at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, Blake Tanner, I have become fucking enthralled. With the story of the century. Okay. Because I was on... I think it was on YouTube, and it popped up in my recommended, about this dude who fucking just stole a plane. Yeah. Now, this did this happened a few weeks ago. I was, I was up on it, like, as soon as it happened. Yeah. Because, like, the morning after, I, I was watching the video, and my friends and I were talking about it, and it's like, you know... If I ever really decided, which no, not not gonna happen. Um, but it's like I can't fault the guy for that being the way he wanted to do it. That <laughs> the way he wanted to go out. I don't think he wanted to go out, but I think once he got up in the air, he was like, 
Well, I'm probably not making out of that. I think he had so much premeditation, though. He was so fucking calm, man. He he did end up committing suicide by plane, which... No, hold uh, on! Suicide by plane is not the best descriptor. The, is it not? I think it was an accelerated uh, jumping off a building. He wasn't on a building. Yeah, I know, but, like, he just went down a lot faster than... Um, yeah, he was a... He almost reminded me of Star-Lord, in a way. Because, like, he's like, look at that, a mama orca with the baby. I want to go see that guy. Like, he's fucking making jokes and shit. Like, they're trying to get him to land at um, Lewis McCord. And he's like, oh, those guys will rough me up if I try and land there. I think I might mess something up, too. I wouldn't want to do that. They probably have anti-aircraft. They did. I mean, they had um, F-16s, like, doing, going faster than... And they as fast as they could possibly go, they make some sonic booms and shit. Yeah, well, it this, was it, I. It became a not a sad story. Well, I mean, it is a sad story, but like the opening line is like, "I've got a lot of people that care about me. It's gonna disappoint them to hear I did this, and I'd like to apologize to each and every one of them. I'm just a broken guy, got a few screws loose, I guess. Never really knew it until now. This think, guy's got uh, yeah, a story." I, I think when the story is written of his life, like, you need to say within the first page that it's like, and this is, this is how it ends. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, okay, we're making the film. The opening is, I think the opening line of the film is, I've got a lot of people that care about me, and it's gonna disappoint them to hear that I did this. But it's all black screened, so you don't know. I mean, you do know, but like... Because the trailers are going to give it away. But if you watch the movie without knowing about it, you're going to be like, wait, what did he do? It's like, I was in a play once not too long ago that you you very well know, where it's like, within the first two pages, it's like, well, this is the story of how Buddy died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also, Salty Frank describes it as a sad story of suicide, but also the story of triumph of learning through video games. He did learn through video games. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm proud, like, it's not gonna be easy to, I'm tempted to call our friend Kyle, who is an airplane pilot now, and just be like, how hard is it? I guess the basics, because, like, I used to really love playing anything, like, any game with a joystick, and there were a lot of flight simulators out there, um... And some were super realistic, like they had all of the instruments and dials perfectly because these things were used to teach people to fly planes. And, I mean, at that point it's like, I had my head around how to fly a small single-engine plane. Yeah. I just needed to be in the thing. Just which ne- needed to be in the plane. Which is not something I would ever want to do because I hate flying as it is. Okay. Here's my idea about the movie. I think the quote-unquote suicide, halfway point in the movie. <laughs> and okay. we, we could take it one of two ways. Either we pull a wrist cutters a love story where he does die, and then we follow him throughout heaven where he attains peace and happiness. Or two, there's a portal. <laughs> And he flies through the portal, through the water, and ends up in a different world where they don't have planes, and he's become unto a god to them because he knows how to fly. And he just kept flying. Yeah. They're just like, he's the one who conquered the air. Teach us your ways. This is like... This reminds me of the theory that um, your brain create or releases so many endorphins that it's like as soon as you're dying you just have an elongated amount of time in to live in a dream world until you can accept the fact that you're dying oh man and that's what the portal is i don't i don't want to do that man that's too dark i prefer this avatar fucking idea where he goes through and there's like banshees on both sides of him flying well yeah and that's exactly what happens until the end and he's like okay i'm ready now I'm ready to die. And then you can still have a, like, a bittersweet ending where the man is just flying his plane off into the sunset. 
Maybe leave it ambiguous. But he never leaves the plane. Well, hold on. The final scene is definitely him flying the fucking plane off into sunset, right? Oh, into the sun. Yeah. Um, Salty Frank says, The unfortunate part about this is when I watched the news when it happened, I heard them say he pulled off some really impressive maneuvers in the air. And then it cut to a picture of the crash, and I thought, well, that's how most of my Microsoft Flight Sim games went, too. Oh. Okay, so we're, we gotta start at the beginning. Because we gotta figure out why he steals the plane in the first place. Because it, he, the, he, there's a plane. Well, yeah, there's a Hold on! But, like, he's gotta have a couple screws loose. So, why, though? Like... It's like... You know, I never flew a plane before. I want to fly a plane. I mean, this could be we. The whole lead up to it could be his life and how a lot of his stuff, a lot of the decisions he makes are on are, complete and utter impulse. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Like, oh. 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 Okay. I've got it. Um, his wife. I don't know why I'm going to wife here. His wife definitely has to leave him, and the reason why is because he keeps coming back from, like, bars drunk. He's cheated on her, like, twice. He has no impulse control. So this movie has to be him learning impulse control. He could be, like, um, a friend of mine who someone dared him to throw his shirt in a fire, and he didn't think about it, and so he threw his shirt in the fire, and then he, wa- and then he walked home. Okay. Yeah, that could be a scene. Are you sure enough? It's like, or the same friend who we helped him buy a car, and the car broke down as he was driving it home, so he just left it on the road. Yeah, I could see that. So it's almost. I like the idea of you've got all of these kind of cool characters in cinema who are like devil may care kind of jokesters. This is the mirror we hold up to that character where we're like, hey, you might think those guys are cool, but this is the other side. You get to see them be dicks. Like, you're like, you get to see, like, how that character is not something you actually want to aspire to. It's It's kind of a cautionary tale. It's kind of more like, this is how he learned to understand himself and his faults. So you don't have to go through the same mistakes. Okay, now how do we illustrate that? Because I'm changing it. I think the crash happens one-fourth of the way into the movie. And so... So now it has to be the portal. Because, like, if he dies, he dies. It's fucking Rocky IV all the way, baby. Um, So he has to go through the portal so he can keep living and learn how to control himself. Or... Maybe he just doesn't crash. What? Yeah, this is our story. Yeah, but Blake, that's... This is the what if. The plane crash happens a quarter of the way through, but then we kind of like... But what if that didn't happen? No, no, no. Here's your problem. (laughs) Is that is proposing a film where we look at America and say, Hey, ever want to fly a plane? Just fucking do it. This guy didn't crash. It's fine. Do it. Oh, no, he definitely did crash, but this is what would happen if he did. <laughs> okay, okay, where do you want to take this, then? Um, I think this is kind of a, uh, a whole scenario where, as he's going down, he's diving. His plane actually becomes a submarine. Blake. <laughs> and he discovers Atlantis. Okay. And then he learns to live his life as a fish man. You said you've been awake for how long? <laughs> Um, it's coming up on 19, 20 hours an hour. Okay, I can tell. Um, no, I think... I still really like the portal idea, because that way everyone at home does think he's dead. Which, A, fits with the story, but B, also kind of gives him an out. Because I like the idea that he does not like the life he's forged for himself, because he doesn't like what his lack of impulse control has done to the people around him. And so, once he goes to this new world, it's like a fresh start, but he's still the old him. Until, like, a shaman leader pulls him aside and is like, Oh! 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 His plane breaks down in the new world. 
and they can fix it. Maybe they just have a very good, like, mental health infrastructure in this new world, even no. though they don't have planes. Oh, now you're talking real fantasy, Blake. It's like, that <laughs> is real fantasy, and it sucks. Yeah, um, um well, but, I yeah, the shaman's like, well, we have medicine. Oh, so he's... And I'll teach you. This is called Xanax. Try it, yep. boy. Here, try this strange thing that I'm about to hold out in my hand. And then as the dude reaches for it because he doesn't have impulse control, the shaman slaps it away and says, no, that's poison. <laughs> no, he's See? Like, he's like, what is it? Reefer. Oh, okay. And he picks it up and then the vape button doesn't work. And he's like, that was lesson one and you failed. It's all right. Nobody takes the first hit. Yeah. Um, okay. So, wait. What's this world like? I kind of want to flesh out this beautiful world. I don't want to do Avatar, but I want something Avatar adjacent. I like to think that it's kind of like... Okay, so I was reading this the other day. You know how it's kind of like the Star Trek thing, like... They once went to a mirror universe where everyone was an evil version of themselves, or it was kind of an opposite world. Right. And all of the evil people had beards. Like, weird mustache-beard combos. Okay. Except I want him to go to the good universe, because ours, our world is actually the evil counterpart. Okay, so he sees, like, a, a Scotty without a beard and a Blake without uh, a goatee. And he's like, whoa! We're now in the film as cameos, by the way. Um, yep. Now, Salty Frank has definitely taken this into a different, completely different... And it's Frank, I think we can combine our idea with his and go back from your original idea, which is the fact that he doesn't crash. But what happens is he knows how to fly, but he doesn't know how to land because of, you know, his video game history. So they're trying to get Sully, the hero from the Miracle on the Hudson, onto the fucking plane using jets. And Salty Frank has already cast it for us. The pilot is Nick Cage and Sully is played by John Travolta. And of course, in the end, they end up kind of crashing but um where they both survive and they're out of the ocean then sharks eat them because that happened in the one nick cage movie (laughs) it's just that one nick cage movie now i do like the idea that like the sully of the sully movie is kind of like that's more of like a drama kind of thing this sully is cool and ready to fight and i don't think it's jets docking with the plane frank i think he parachutes from a jet down onto the plane as fucking like motley crew plays <laughs> he's like let's sadly there was a really bad crosswind that day and sully died no 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 it's shoot to thrill by acdc as sully is just like Da-da-da-da. and he like lands on the top of the plane superhero pose, rips off the top of the plane like a can, and then climbs inside. As uh, Nick Cage is grieving, Why are you doing that? We're a lot more unstable now. You've ripped a wing off. Um, Oh, Salty Frank has a better idea. It's a plasma cutter. (laughs) And Breach charges the captain's cabin. Boom. This is a single-engine plane. It doesn't have any of that. You're coming with me. (laughs) Okay, so we've got this, and he kind of saves him from himself. Yeah. Oh, wait. And then we're all happily ever after. No, can we keep keep the casting of Sully from the original movie so we have Tom Hanks? Because... I, I think that that would probably be best. Well, here's why. They still crash, but a, it, not a deadly crash. Just a normal arrive-on-the-beach crash. The problem is, the GPS is broken. No one knows where they are. Turns out this island is one that is not on any map. Cast- and then a volleyball washes up. Thank you, Castaway 2. Just me yep. and you. That's the name and of it. As Tom Hanks looks down, he sees there's a face on Wilson? Wilson? 
No, no, no. I like this idea. Reunited and it feels so good. I like the idea even more of the fact that Tom Hanks, like the volleyball doesn't wash up, but he wakes up one day and he looks over at Nicolas Cage and Nick Cage's face just turns into Wilson. He just starts having flash. So I guess Captain Sully, who is Tom Hanks, is also the main character of the original Castaway. Mm Mm-hmm. Hold on, because I'm fairly sure there's another film that links to Castaway, but I can't remember what it is. Because there's already one crossover. Well, little do you know, the film Castaway actually takes place with um, the Castaway repeating the same day over and over again. (laughs) Castaway Day. The great film Castaway Day. Um... And then, uh, finally they fly back home. Wait a minute, even better, do you know where we see Sully at the beginning of the film? In the terminal. Like Tom Hanks in it filmed the terminal. Uh, Yep. He goes from terminal Tom Hanks to Sully Tom Hanks to finally cast away Tom Hanks. (laughs) And this is... All him playing different characters. Yeah, it's like that movie where uh, Heath Ledger was supposed to be in it, then he died, and they're like, instead of taking out Ledger's performance, we're just gonna put in a new actor for the next part, and then a third actor, and then a fourth actor. This is the opposite. This is, we have one actor playing one character, then a second character, then a third one. Calling a... Pulling a good old... Mama Banks from Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, okay, Lost Castaway 2, just me and you, and Hurley. The volleyball has the Lost numbers on it for a mouth. Thank you, Salty Frank. And then there's a vault, and then it turns out they are in Burgatory. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to the end, and we're like, wow, that was the the end for this, I guess. So we're making our own bad movie. We're making our own bad movie based off of Lost and also Castaway and also the sad story of this man who died. Oh yeah, that's where we started, wasn't it? Yeah, I really... I think the portal of what we've got, of, of the giant pile of shit we have in front of us, I think the portal might be able to build the best movie. I think probably the portal to the Castaway Island. To the Castaway Island. Just that one island. To the Castaway Island, except it's a bunch of cat people who teach him how to be impulse controlled in exchange for fixing his plane. And at the end, they finally, like, fix his plane as he saves them. And then they give him the secret of unobtainium. (laughs) He lands in Wakanda! (laughs) <laughs> Welcome, my brother. Allow us to fix this plane for you. It is like, awesome! What all y'all got around here? You got anything to drink? We we usually treat people with more respect than that. Come on, buddy! It's this fucking party! <laughs> Alright. Okay. And then it cuts to, um, oh shit, what's her name? His sister. I can't remember her name. Scotty, I confused the names of restaurants earlier. Yeah. Well, it cuts to Shuri. Shuri's his sister, right? I can't... Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Cuts to Shuri, and she's like, We need to was one white boy, I was fine. Two, all right. Get this motherfucker out of here now. Two minutes. I will take Tom Hanks. I will take the Tom Hanks. I will take the Tom Hanks greatest line ever spoken in a film. AFI's top 100 movie quotes of all time. Number one, I will take the Tom Hanks. I mean, who wouldn't? Everyone take the Tom Hanks. Oh, man. But you know what else I take, Blake? Merchandise. I take awesome designs... And I pop them on shirts for people to buy at merch.alotofpurebs.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We know you, you We know you can support on Patreon, but what if you want a little something out of it? Something you can wear? Something to let people know? Oh, fuck. Damn it. Damn it, Frank. 
Shuri kicks both of them off the plane and she says, look at me. I am the captain now. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's, that is the end of the film. But anyways, merch.aloadofpurebs.com is where you can get merchandise for all your favorite BS network programs. From a load of BS to fun fiction, if you're a BS Moon Marine, let people know. I'm rocking the Join the BS Moon Marine shirt right now. Uh, and I make a brand new shirt for BS every single month. I try to for the other shows, it's just kind of becomes a struggle to make a shit ton of shirts a month. But yeah, if you want to support us, you can by getting a shirt over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com Dot com. Dot com. Now, Blake, Dragon Con. It's from when this episode goes up three fucking days away. Actually, no. When this episode goes up, I will be at Dragon Con. And by at Dragon Con, I mean at the Vortex Bar in Atlanta getting fucking drunk. We're gonna be at our place. Where we can be free and be ourselves in the Vortex. Um, Which is actually the on the other end of the portal from the movie. So the plane <laughs> does end up crashing into the Vortex. Damn it! They've ruined the Vortex. Um, so... Here's the thing, and I need help because I'm on a pa- I'm on multiple panels, no big deal. Uh, but one of them is Dragon Con's next top model moderator, not next top model. Or oh, you sure wasn't one? Isn't how to be humble in podcasting? No, <laughs> I know for a fact I would never be on that panel. <laughs> Humbleness is for pussies, anyways. That's all I would say, and then I would drop the mic and leave. <laughs> They're like, why did we even put him on this panel? Why is he there? Oh, and then, oh, wait, I'm getting the podcast numbers in. Yes, our downloads have dropped to zero. Yeah. Um, but I'm on Next Top Moderator, which is where I'm hopefully going to win a spot as a official moderator for a panel at next year's Dragon Con. So I think we need to put me, put me to the test today. I think we need to put me to the test. We need to make a fake panel for me to moderate ahead of the real panel I have to moderate at Dragon Gun. I'm down with this. So, okay, should I just go into it? All right, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the panel you're moderating? You get that's what you can, you you kind of have to introduce it, introduce the people. Okay, okay, okay. Now, wait, do you have these, uh, I'm gonna select three or four people who are gonna be on my panel? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you're gonna, you're gonna be the Tom Hanks of this episode and play three roles. I'm gonna try. Alright, um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sharon Aaron, the official Dragon Con podcast panel, um, about Aaron Carter and all of his hits. Today, uh, we're discussing, of course, the great hit, How I Beat Shaq. And joining me today, of course, um, is Ted Jones, uh, top basketball player and also expert analyst at the game of basketball. How you doing, Ted? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, bud? I'm <laughs> pretty good, man. How, how have you been? Ted Jones here, multiple Hall of Basketball winner. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like to brag. I, right now, most of the time, I just do play-by-play. All right, and then of course up, up, up next to analyze the rapping stylings of Mr. Aaron Carter is um, hit rap star Lil Doogie. How are you today, Doogie? I'm good. Hey y'all, how's it going? Uh, okay, Lil Doogie, <laughs> Hold on. Here's Doogie in the house. Hold on now. No wait, can we please go back to Ted? Uh, yeah, what you got? No, nothing, man. I was just wondering. Hey, little Doogie, how are you? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? <laughs> and then, of course, rounding out the panel for the evening is fucking Shaq. <laughs> so, Shaquille O'Neal, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, you know, I'm, uh, it's a good weekend. I'm glad to be here at Dragon Con. That's, hold on. <laughs> that Wait, Patrick that was War- weird. That was Patrick Warburton. Yeah, sorry about that. He got in. It was, uh, it was a bit. Okay, 
Okay. It'd been too much for me right now, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it, kind of the vision we had going into this and uh, how it turned out. Okay, okay, Shaq. Now, I mean, I guess we should start with you, Shaq, because you were there that faithful day when the blonde child defeated you. Could you just take us on your game? Like, what what happened? What let you slip up during the game? How did he beat Shaq? Well, you know, I'm not. I don't always try to put my best into these pickup games, really. So uh, I kind of just let it slip. I wasn't on the top of my game in the in the beginning of the uh, play with old Aaron Boy, and uh, it really when when he showed up to be so good, I didn't know. Uh, Oh, <laughs> give it a minute. I wasn't able to bring it back in the end. Yeah. When I started to play at my full strength, that uh, he'd already beaten me so good, I wasn't able to come back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, now, Ted, I... I was only using uh, about 10% of my... Nope. <laughs> no, hold on. I was only using about 10% of my strength up until then, and then uh, once I kicked it up to 100, it was uh, no use. Mm-hmm. Now, Ted, I know you've watched the tapes. You've gone back and really analyzed the pickup game between Aaron and the fate- fated man named Shaq, who, of course, is sitting in the panel today. Could you... An analysis of Aaron's game, really. What do you think gave that small child the skill to defeat Shaq? Well, yeah, of course, uh... Now, I've, I've seen my share of uh, basketball games, matches, plays, whatever you want to call them. And really, it's amazing to me how normally you don't think of someone of a smaller stature able to uh, outpower someone that is uh, such a powerhouse, as tall, as wide, as just utterly massive as Shaquille O'Neal himself. Right. And just the way that he moves, Aaron Carter at one point moves right under Shaq's legs because Shaq is so tall and Aaron Carter is so small. And he's just able, he's able to throw that ball further than anyone I've seen for someone uh, that's only five foot two. Mm-hmm. Now, and really, I think it was something that was kind of a little bit too, uh, too jarring for Shaq there. I mean, at one point, Shaq was just turned around completely. He shot... Into Aaron's, ba- he shot into his own he basket at one him. point. Got a point for Aaron. He shot the. Oh well, yeah, that's that's how you play basketball. He shot him, like with the basketball. Oh, with the, right okay. through his chest. Oh, <laughs> through the chest. Okay. Um, now a lot of people have discussed whether if it was because it was like boom, or because Aaron put it in the hoop like slam, or was it just the fact the crowd was screaming out jam? Um. And that's where I turn to you, little Doogie. How important in a game like this? I, I believe Aaron had home court advantage. How important is it? Of course, you as a skilled rapper know how it is to have that crowd cheering your name. How does it feel? How, do you think that might have spurned Aaron on to win this? Now, there's one thing I know, boys. <laughs> it's uh, how it's how to rap and how to get those smooth beats in and how to keep them smooth and all. And really, when it was come to kind of get up and it was time to slam now, uh, Aaron Carter had a real jam going. And, uh, he kind of had the words to match it. He was, he was rapping along with him. He rapping along as he was beating Shaq. His, his words were too much for the man himself. It's like Shaquille was saying. He was too good in the beginning, in the opening game, because he brought in these sweet, sick rhyme, rhymes. The chat couldn't keep up with at any time. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, hold on. Could could the crowd settle down? I'm sorry. Apparently, someone in the crowd shouting out that Shaq's free throw game sucks. So if that person could please sit down. Also, there will be a Q and A section. Hey, look! I never said it didn't. Yeah, uh, but you're a bitch. Also, there is going to be a Q and A section. So if anybody out in that chat. Or, I'm sorry, out in the audience would like to ask a question. Just type it in. We'll get to it. We'll ask these gentlemen whatever questions you want to hear. But this is what I'm going to lead to. It's going to go to Shaq, and I think it I think it would be a difficult question. Shaq, would you accept a rematch against the blonde-haired child? Oh, yeah, baby, let's do it. Right here, right now. Get the goal set up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
uh, analysis from the rest of the panel. How do you guys think the crowd or the world would react to seeing this, seeing this Shaquille O'Neal battle again? Well, really, uh, once in a lifetime is not enough for something of this magnitude. I mean, if you got Aaron Carter with a new set of beats with a, and uh, a sick flow game like he used to have, but... Of course, Aaron Carter now, uh, his bones are breaking in new and different ways. And the old Shaq, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but uh, ever since your knees literally exploded, it's just not the same game. Okay, so you're saying it would not, the rematch almost would disappoint. So you're thinking it would almost cheapen that original battle. Yeah, now I'm 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 the kind of guy who's uh more the let sleeping dogs lie. That's why when I re- re- decided to retire, I stayed retired. But you know Shaquille O'Neal, he's on a completely different level than even I was, and maybe he could still pull out something like that if it was just one more one more match. Right. <coughs> uh- now, I'm, <laughs> boy, I got something to say. Okay. Aaron Carter, he's not the flowmaster general he used to be. So uh. You know, I don't know if he's on top of his game either with the lyrics, with the rhymes. Rhymes, he can't keep it tight like he used to. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I think it'd still be a little bit disappointing from uh, a lyrical point of view. So, all in all, yep. a game and game. Oh, wait, hold on. Going to the crowd. Looks like we have a question from one Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. Um, and Shaq, I feel like this is going to be a little bit difficult for you to discuss because, of course, we did discuss the injuries that Aaron has sustained over the years, especially one in a horrifying crash in Florida a few years ago where he drove over a mattress before escaping his SUV moments before flames erupted in the car. And, well, Shaq, Salty Frank wants to know... Did you loosen the ties on that mattress, causing Aaron to get into that horrifying crash? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is, that's a baseless accusation, my friend. I, I would never have done something like that, especially so when I know that I could beat as easily as I could beat Aaron Carter because uh, I wasn't using my full power. Right. Well, I mean, you keep saying you, keep saying you could beat him, but, like... Shaq, I've I've yet to see. You said you'd be down for a rematch, but I've yet to see anything really thrown out of here. Hey, you know, just give me a ball, give me some hoops. I'll play wherever, right? Whenever. All right. I'll I'll do a free throw off. All right, Shaq. Um, now, uh, it's it's a it's a new day. It's a new era in rap music. And unfortunately, Aaron Carter couldn't be with us today, um, but there are numerous rap stars who are young, skinny, white kids who have taken the Aaron Carter place, the Justin Biebers, uh, people like that. Would you be willing to engage in a basketball battle with any of the rappers of today's ages? Would you, like, perhaps a Shaq versus Lil Dicky? Uh, no, but I, the only person I would face that would fall... Anywhere close to that category is Pitbull. Pitbull. Okay, so you would go... Now, would it be a Mr. Worldwide tour where you guys go from city to city playing basketball against one another? No, I just wanted to see if I could uh, see myself in his head like a mirror. Oh, exactly. Um, <clears throat> now, of course, uh, Shaq, we're winding down, and I kind of want to move on to your other exploits, such as, uh, of course, as we all know... You are big into the global warming fight. Um, your head actually being able to reflect the sun's rays back up at it, which of course is counteracting a lot of the heat that global warming is causing. Do you have any other of your exploits? Yes, actually, uh, I have a plan. We have a plan in place, yo, and, uh, if we all bounce basketballs on one hemisphere of the globe, mm-hmm. we can actually move the Earth further out of the uh, sun's orbit so that we could thereby increase the amount of days in the year and uh, get us a little bit further away from that hot guy, the sun. Okay, okay. Um, now, so- so you just gotta slam it down in the right place. 
Um, now, Salty Frank has a question for Lil Doogie. Uh, Lil Doogie, is it true that you were a teenage doctor at one point? The only thing I was a doctor of was a doctor of sick rhymes, boy. Oh, okay. So you did not take the... You you went the sick rhymes route. I do know several people who have gone the thugonomics route, but... Yeah, I, it was original. My original major was thugonomics, but uh, there was this dude that just outshined us all. Yeah, which I, I do hate to. I hate to admit, but there could only be one doctor at thugonomics. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I know we were talking about Lil Dicky earlier, who of course had the great song "Freaky Friday." Shaq, what would you do if tomorrow you woke up and found yourself in Aaron Carter's body and himself in yours? In fact, uh, how about this? This is a basketball prowess-related question. Do you think if you woke up in Aaron Carter's body and he had your body, who would win then? Do you think you, with the body of Aaron Carter, could defeat Aaron Carter with your body? Of course. There's no one There's no one like me with the skills that I have, with the things that I do. And it uh, doesn't matter the body. Large, small, skinny, tall. I could do it. I'd, be, I'd beat anybody, no matter what body I was in. Right. Okay, Shaq, so that's that's very, very interesting. So I'd like to thank the panel for joining me today. Gentlemen, each of you, let's just go around the table. Your last words uh, on behalf of Aaron Carter, on behalf of this song. Well, you know, I think this should, this is a one-hit wonder. This is something that happens only once in a generation, son of seeing a titan, a, a veritable David slaying Goliath. I, I think we should keep it that way, honestly, um... Uh, although, uh, it would make a lot of money. Yeah, that's right. It would make a lot of money. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a little place where I could be a promoter for that, and we could make a lot of money, and really, my last album didn't do so well, because it was just me, uh, auto-tuned for two hours. Well, also because, also because you're a basketball player! I am a basketball player, yes. So, okay, so that's that's from you. Uh, Lil Doogie, your final thoughts. Yeah! Um, okay, that's it, alright, and then finally... Sorry, I gotta... I gotta run, I gotta... I gotta, I gotta battle in the back streets to get to. Okay. So, uh... That's all I gotta say about bye! Alright, and then, uh, finally, Shaquille O'Neal, do you have anything to say? You know, Aaron, that was a good, a good tough match we did together. That was a good game we played. Uh, but uh, you step to me again, and I'll, uh, I'll make you wish it was all a dream. You used to read Basketball Magazine. Um, all right, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us for Sharon Aaron. We'll see you next time at Dragon Con. Also, that whole, uh, that whole thing had a very broken premise because apparently Shaq and Aaron have had a rematch. Aaron, Shaq challenged Aaron to a rematch. Uh, he makes the deal that if Aaron scores a single hoop, the ex-Laker will donate $5,000 to the charity of Aaron's choice. Aaron replies that he is playing for the Aaron Carter Needs a Jet Ski Foundation. Shaq's... Yeah, that's why we never actually played it. Uh, Shaq steals the ball, scores over 20 points. Aaron cannot make a single hoop. During the break, Shaq is seen eating nachos, offers some to Aaron, and then smacks them to the ground before Aaron can take any. The game continues with Aaron unable to score a single hoop, then cuts back to the two staring, and Aaron attempting again to score a single hoop with Shaq successfully preventing him. So, well... (laughs) I still donated the money to uh, every charity in the world. Well, I mean, I guess if we're gonna... I guess we'll finish up the panel on this, Shaq. You're now 1-1 when it comes to Aaron Carter. When's that? When's the final? When's the final trilogy? Whatever you want, baby. All right, all right. So, Blakey Tan. Right here, right now. <laughs> Come get me. Up in my room in 30 minutes? Whatever. Uh, so, Blakey Tan, it's been an episode. What'd you learn this week, buddy? Um, I learned that the greatest gift that God ever gave was to Canada in the form of ketchup chips. And I learned that a very, very tired Blake Tanner would never crash a plane. And also that um, 
Next week, I'm going to the Bob Hortons and taking a stop off at the Tim Evans. The Tim <laughs> okay, so Blakey Tan, where can they find you on the internet, buddy? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at Blake A. Tanner. Um, nope, that's not right. Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. Um, the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube for video game videos on video games. And on the BS Network. Uh, my face was on a shirt. Yeah! And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-E-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And make sure to buy all my books on Amazon, the Quizzle Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods, or go to audibletrial.com slash BS Network and get a free 30-day trial of Audible. And with that, you can either get a free copy of Quizzle Corp or Quizzle Corp Risen, so you get something completely free. It supports us. It's a win-win situation, so make sure to check that out and check out all the other BS Network programs at a load of purebs.com. If you like hearing me and Blake talk but want to hear us talk more about pro wrestling, check out Fight Boys. If you like uh, theme parks, check out Opposite Attractions and then Fun Fiction as well, ladies and gentlemen. The show where me and my buddy Brenna Clark, we watch movies, read stuff, and then we kind of make up fun fiction about. So make sure to check that out. Oh, also, as always, Salty Frank giving us his final thought. He goes, I learned that the budget Mac is a very good substitute to the Big Mac at a whole buck cheaper. Well, good for you, Frank. Nice. And then, of course, make sure to support us on Patreon or at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. And if you're on iTunes, make sure to rate and subscribe. Leave us a nice review talking about us, telling people how dope we are. And then, of course... Damn it! Okay, Blake, we need to, like, seriously figure out who's sending these fucking emails. Because now I'm getting one from, apparently, iTunes. Dear a load of BS, congratulations on reaching a hundred... It's the same shit. It's the same shit we've gotten for like two weeks in a row. Congrats for almost reaching a hundred. We're gonna cancel you if you don't get the numbers up. Well, shit, have we not been getting the numbers up? I mean, yeah, we kind of doubled like in the past week, but apparently that's not good enough. I've got 20 iPhones that are downloading every episode. Yeah. So, apparently... I don't know. We're going to figure out whoever this person is, but uh, whatever. Uh, But as I was saying, if you're on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment below. Tell us when you first learned about poutine. Rate, subscribe, do all that fantastic stuff. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Buy our merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember you can find both of us on Twitter at a load of pure BS. Except no substitutes, and we will see you next week.